Yeah, welcome to Dr. Your Podcast. Appreciate y'all being here. Do support the people that support us. Allow us to keep this thing going and uh, check out some of the other stuff we do, like After Dark over at your mom's. It's all at drdrew.com and then the streaming show over at drdrew.tv. As I keep saying, I think you guys would especially like that Wednesday show I do with Dr. Kelly Victory, where we've been interviewing all the folks that have been canceled throughout the pandemic and uh, trying to pick their brains of what, what we didn't hear. Byron Bowers today. Uh, the stand-up special is Spiritual N-Word, streaming on Hulu, right? I'm, I yeah. guess that's what they put there. Was it N-Word for me? Well, it also could be N-Word. N-Word. Yeah. I see. I like that. It's I like that. Tundra. So, so So it feels safer as a white person saying just N-Word, and we'll just use yeah. that as a, as a marker for the end. Or just go to the water cooler. And say it, or in the in the basement, and or see something. what happens. Yeah, <laughs> like I I titled it that for like those reasons because it's a tribute to old school comedy albums where you couldn't talk R- about it in public. Richard, well, and Richard Pryor did right. Yeah, Pryor, and then like think of um, uh, Red Fox and those guys who got the Could triple X rating. rating. Yeah. And uh, sorry about that, but um, yeah, you could not discuss these things in uh in in public. So I thought it would be fun to bring some of that back. I was a huge Richard Pryor fan as an adolescent. So it was the 70s when I was that age. And you had, I don't know people miss this piece of history, but you had shit tons of adolescent white boys saying, you know, yeah. <laughs> memorizing his routines and saying that stuff and not under, having any idea the impact they were having on their African-American friends. Well, I mean, we're going through that now. With with various different things, right? Uh, with with the whole mental health thing, and and it's it's a lot of different uh, topics that we might make fun of or talk about amongst ourselves that that are funny to us, but we don't know the implications uh, later on. Well, let's talk about that in a second. But I, w- I want to make sure I get all your stuff out okay. there. It's at Byron Bowers, B Y R O N B O W E R S. Yep. Uh, Instagram and Twitter. Also, you're acting and stuff. You're in Lady in the Lake. We can talk about that. Yep. And uh, and there's a and then I said with the Hulu special. So, but but now the the it's interesting to me that you brought up the mental health stuff. Obviously, that's near and dear in my heart. But it is for you. It's you new. Gotta, it's new to to our community to openly express and title these these uh, emotions or conditions. Yeah. You know. Even emotions like, you know, having emotion stripped of you being empathetic or soft, as we call it, you know, um, and becoming older and, and, and being in relationships and learning that this is what make relationships last. How'd you get to this point? Um, I think it's just through growth and like and and being in different environments yeah. um, culturally and stuff like that and seeing how people operate. And usually, you know, when people have great insight, like, which is really what you're describing, it's uh, they have to fall on their face a bunch of times. I definitely do that and continue to do that. Okay. I've done I've done <laughs> shrooms also. So falling on your face isn't a isn't as bad as what we are taught it is. Like we we have the wrong definition of failure. Yeah, it's just learning. Yeah, it's just learning. And uh, I studied engineering, and it's just. Uh, it's just lab work. A B testing, constantly failing, constantly yeah. failing until yeah. you get it right. So, I started to live by that mantra. Once you know, I've done shrooms and was able to tie science and spirituality together. All right, so hold on, we're going to get to that. We're just. <laughs> were you supposed to be an engineer? Was that the plan, or were you an engineer? I for don't a while? know. I stu- that's what I. That's what I went to school for because the. I remember trying to go for art, and art just seemed like such a expensive. Um, 
thing that I was locked out of. Yeah. So engineering to me was the other creative thing because I would take stuff apart at home and like try to put it back. So you like doing that. So Lonnie Love, my friend, uh, comedian, was an electrical engineer. That was yeah. her original career for GM, I think it was. I never made I after I was a double E major too. Shout out to Lonnie Love and uh <laughs> for completing the completing that. But um yeah, I never went into the workforce because once I decided I want to do stand up, that's when I decided to graduate. Like I would have just been in school forever. Yeah, yeah. So you found you found your thing. You yeah, because I was like math. It's like math was boring. But aside from quantum physics, which I really didn't make it into, but I was like math. Everything has been created already. Right. This. You're just learning other people's sort of procedures. Yeah, like one plus one is always going to equals two. Yeah. Until you get into the spiritual realm. Mm. Okay, so let's go there. numerology, so, and then that changes. All right, so let's go there. So everything. The, the mysticism of numbers you're sort of tilting at. And did that sort of come to you while you were on Mushrooms? No, that stuff started to come to me before. Tell me your theory about that. Um, You know, it's interesting because you read about these different uh, sequences like Fibonacci and and all these spiritual numbers that that are so deep in the universe. So it's so a pi, natural log, all yeah. this stuff. And, yeah. and and as you get older, you start to experience natural law versus man law. Because man law can change, but natural law never never changes. And coming from a Christian belief system and growing out of that or seeing the flaws in it to me and why it didn't serve where I was, how it locked people up. And um, being ostracized kind of sent me in the, in the direction to learn these new uh, things. So, so you were ostracized by your church community? Is that what well, it saying? wasn't more of a community, but it's just like these are the beliefs you have. And once you start to question that, they your family you and friends push might you look at you differently, even if they don't believe as deep right. themselves. But challenging it, no, 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 we're not yeah, going Yeah, they don't because this is what everybody goes with. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and my dad being schizophrenic and there's something that they would try to pray away and it's like, yeah, I'm like, this ain't working. So not knowing the scientific, um, meaning behind it, I just know, uh, religiously, this isn't all the praying and stuff isn't working and the church can't help, et cetera, et cetera. It's gotta be interesting as a kid, as a young man, a young boy, and not really, nobody really educating about what schizophrenia is. And then your dad's having these episodes, I'm sure. How did you process that? Uh, that it was crazy. So you knew it was crazy. Yeah. You just but it was just sort of general category crazy. Well, yeah, but nobody knew the specific and nobody, they just be like, uh, something's, you know, it's not even a thing of wanting to admit that he's crazy, but I'm the one like, this is my, crazy. That shit's crazy. Yeah. Cause yeah. I'm, I'm nerd. I'm scared. Like, yeah, a person shouldn't fear that their parent might kill them. Oof. You know what I mean? So you become just as whatever yourself, if you that be, makes sense. Say it again. You become just as paranoid. Oh, as the, as the schizophrenic. As the, as your, yourself. But of the schizophrenic. Of, of it, yeah, because yeah. at any moment, yeah. it, could, it could just go haywire. Yeah. You know? Um, people don't understand what that – most people have not been exposed to untreated paranoid schizophrenia. It, it is – it's rough. It's everybody suffers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I learned, you know, being in like not having to live with him, but reading about it and understanding it and then having a bad uh, uh, mushroom trip. Wait, wait, stop. Wait, wait for the mushrooms. Who told you what to look for even? How, did you just start fishing around in the Internet looking for 
you know, describing the behaviors or something and you got to it? I think so. I think reading about it um, helped, but having an experience um, helped me communicate yeah. with him and helped me communicate with my family members. Oh, nice. Actually, what was going on. Because mm-hmm. um, it's one thing to say this person's having a delusion and figuring out, you know, the the uh, my aunt alluding to maybe it happened when he was much younger. And me not sure of my child having to go through my childhood and be like, was this advice real or, or you know, going through these memories and like all oh, this explains why when he wanted to take us uh, right shooting uh, with the rifle, my grandma was like, don't go. Oh, she called. She was like, whatever you do, don't go. But she never explained why. Right. And right. we was like, what's wrong? Go shoot. Grandma tripping. You know what <laughs> I mean? So. Uh, and then him pulling the he pulled some oozies out of the attic one time. Oozies. Yeah, like two oozies. And he said that, you know, you know, people was uh talking about him and coming for him. But he's like, I got something for him. And you just like, all right, you know, and just keep it moving. But like all those like little things come back. See that that bugs me because, you know, people with schizophrenia can become violent in their because of their delusions and it's you know, and then the cops shoot them. It's it's just not fair to the patient. That but, they don't get to care. But think of the regular people that that could become. Oh, I'm sure. I because could. of their delude. Like I understand both now. I understand why a kid with all the hopes and dreams in high school could like find out how the world works and yeah. have the same reaction at Walmart buying pistols and stuff. You know, uh, and I, I'm kind of empathetic to that reasons because having that experience of thinking the world. Hopefully, you know, as a youth work this way and then finding out, like, this is how it works. And nature law is a good way to let let you know, like, this is how the world works. How nature works. So you, you've mentioned now a bad mushroom trip and, yeah. and a unifying mushroom trip. Let, let's start with a bad one because that was the one I really interrupted you on. I was in London and um, I, I, when, I, when I started tripping the first time I did it, I was in Joshua Tree. And I say the universe, something was like, never do it in the city. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so you've thought, oh, I better do it in London. Well, yeah, I didn't, <laughs> I'm with my lady. I didn't, I bit off more than I can chew. Quite literally. Yeah. Because th- this is chocolate. This is, uh, this is not mushrooms now, which is when man touches things, it gets, <laughs> you don't know, you never know what you're getting involved in, right? So I'm in London and we, we're near Buckingham Palace and it's three of us and we're just dancing. And I'm looking at the sky, and the sky is lighting this whole square. And I'm on gravel, and I'm like, man, I wish my mom and sister could be here. And I wanted to call them, and it was like, don't call them. I already made this mistake before calling somebody like this. When you're high. Yeah, and I understand it's just me in a loving place and want to share and give. Yeah. But then I saw some trash on the ground, and it was disgusting, like litter. And I looked up, and the whole city became trash and I would see like souls looking out of the windows and oh. I was near that part of London where they used to behead people in the square. <laughs> so I'm picking up all this <laughs> and I felt an extreme loneliness uh and isolation. Um and my girl and her producer, they were having a ball. They were skipping around and stuff. And I felt so lonely and, and the need for love that I wanted power. And I was like, if I had so much power, if I accumulate so much power, they would need me. They they would leave you? They would need me. Need you. You know, people would need me. Yeah. 
And, and that would be the love. That would, that would be the love. Uh, and I was like, this is what it's, this is what it's like. Right. It's a hamburger place in London called Byron. I took a photo outside of Byron and I didn't even appear in the photo. It was a light where I was. That's how bad the trip was. But I felt like somebody who created a big corporation out of loneliness and the need for power. And um, and which people do. And right. Yeah. And I was like, this this is one of man's uh, problems. Because every time I trip, I always go back to the whole lineage. So I'm like, this is something that have happened in mankind that we're dealing with. And uh, let me make sure I'm hearing you. So you feel, you feel sort of a connection with the historical sweep of this feeling. Yeah. 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 Through all, through all of mankind. This has been around forever. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. The need to, 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 to conquer lands and hold on to this love or this thing, power, money or whatever. Um, And I'm experiencing this. And I almost got hit by a car. I'm talking about it's so much things happened in these seven hours. Oh my God, seven hour trip. Yeah. <sighs> and I ended up, long story short, because we got for time, but I ended up in the bad. I wanted a, a love from my mother's womb. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And I kind of got abandonment issues with my mom. So mm. I got in the tub in the hotel. Luckily, we was in a nice hotel. Uh, and they had a big tub. And I put warm water in it and I got in the fetal position. Mm. And uh, my lady joined me, but I remember getting in the elevator and I looked in her eyes and I saw like a pasture of fields of nature and uh, abundance and love. Uh, And that's what I love looks like to me now. But at that moment, the trip kind of broke. Oh, you went positive. Yeah. Yo, what's up, guys? This is NBA champion Bobby Portis of the Milwaukee Bucks. Bobby Portis and the Bucks. Inside, Portis for the slam. Here with my brand new podcast, Keep It a Book. Each week, me, A.B., and Barrette. It's your boy, Blessed Up, A.B., man. They call me Baby Tay. They call me Red Tay. They call me Barrette Tay. We'll be talking to special guests from fellow athletes, celebrities, and friends from all walks of life. And you know we'll keep it a book. So you saying you better than J. Cole. J. Cole. Cook J. Cole. J. Cole, nice, though. <laughs> My floater is hard. Not knocking your game. They got to watch it, guys, like Chris Middleton and Giannis. Like, watching these guys, like, 300 yeah. makes a day. Not, not, and I'm not talking about just shots. Makes. Makes. It just ain't going to come. Just because you're dreaming about it You got to actually make it into a reality You got to speak it into existence You got to make your daily deposits every day Yeah, lunch meat Download new episodes of Keep It A Buck Every Thursday Wherever you get your favorite podcast Keep It A Buck Peace Long story short, after that Everything I was experiencing was real to me because it's certain stores I couldn't go in because of my energy. Um, I almost got hit by a car. I was I was I was attracting like a bunch of negative stuff. I turned around at one point. The police was standing behind me um, and I was just like nervous. But I understood as a trip like this was the journey. So I wasn't freaking out, but I wanted to experience it. And by the end of the trip, um, which upset my lady, their phone had died. So we technically was lost. Um, and I had a fully charged battery pack in my pants and didn't say nothing. I, I'm a little confused. I thought you went back to the hotel and got in the tub. Yeah, but I'm saying right before we got back, I went uh, – They uh, we were using the bathroom because it's the time of the trip where you got to flush out everything. Yeah. And uh, 
needless to say, everybody, the phones and stuff was dead, and I was the only one with the battery, and I was like, they need me now. I see. And they was like, we need a charger, and I was like, I didn't say nothing. Speaking of charger, Gary, I was meaning to get that charger from you that I always bought but um, oh, I thought you were about to start making fun of my football team. No, I'll be right there. That's hilarious. But um, that trip let me know, like mentally, uh, if you believe something is real, it's real. So I remember telling my grandmother, "Whatever my dad think is real is real to, to him. him." Yeah, sure. And which make, makes it real. And yeah. I had to. That's why they behave accordingly. Yeah. And I started improving with him from there. Your dad? Yeah, because I would negate stuff. You know, he'd be like, the CIA is after me. I'd be like, no, nah, you crazy. Why you just say that? I'd be like, so where, um, they putting bugs. Where are the bugs at? You know, walk me through this thing because I'm trying to help you yeah, so you'd catch the into, CIA. You'd lean into his, his yeah. delusions. And then I would have to like, after we got off the phone, I would have to like take 30 minutes to like come back. Yourself. Grounded. Yeah. Would you actually get sucked into them where you'd kind of lose track? One, it was one I got sucked into. He had this delusion that um, that he saw a, a kid on the bus and it looked like him. And he was like, that's my son. Uh, and um, he was in a, like a hospital or institution. And it probably oh, so stayed he, at he finally time. got put in the hospital. Yeah. And um, and he was like, I got to get out of here so I can He's get He's one of the son. lucky ones. My God, most of them end up on the street. That's the thing. He was veering that way for a while. Yeah. And it was a chill, it was a hard choice for my grandmother. What, what's, what street? What state were you in? Uh, Georgia. So here he'd be on the street, California. Yeah. Period. And no one could do anything. Well, mostly Georgia too. Yeah. I yeah. Know. Uh, and what they uh, they just sedated him. He ended up passing, but they just kept him sedated, and it became more and more. So he was like yeah. watching somebody. Like, oh, that's a shame. Um, but you know, um, yeah, I did get caught up in one of his delusions, and I was like, I had to tell myself that it wasn't real because he won he was like i need to get out of here to go take care of my son but i never had that from him so it hit me in such a hard way like like man he didn't he didn't do me like that but he's willing to do that for this kid he saw on the bus. for this delusion yeah but there's probably a whole bunch of elaborate stuff attached to that delusion i agree you know what i mean it's 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 i, I wish you wouldn't do that to yourself or well, him I I learned to like shake it off. Yeah. So I knew that what whatever he was saying didn't have it was all my issues that were coming up. Of course. It wasn't nothing to do with but him. But it's so traumatic and so painful having yeah. a father with the illness like that. But it's you know I don't know. And you bring it up and you're using your stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean he was addicted to drugs for like ten years, so it's like such a it's such a different thing. I'm just relieved that he was trying to like self-medicate that's schizophrenics often do that yeah yeah and that that's it's a little different kind of addiction than, yeah. than straight addiction so i was relieved because he stopped cold turkey yeah see um, that's why you know it's not bona fide addiction yeah it's, it's this sort of war there's escape the pain they're in pain man. yeah so i don't know what a camera learning these things help learning cameras learning uh no learning like that how schizophrenics uh self medicate oh yeah med- sure medicate and like being able to educate yourself on these things. Well, but that's true of a little. It's true of all mental. I mean, there were so many different kinds of mental illnesses, and most people are just unaware of it. And you brought, you started this conversation saying that your community doesn't really pay attention to this, and that's that's sad. It's like not paying attention to hypertension or something. They just your brains get sick. Brains get sick just like bodies get sick. But it's other issues too. We dealing with. We're a traumatic group. Yes. Um, uh, Do we talk enough about that? I don't think 
we we don't talk enough about it to where in a in a mental health way of healing yeah um as a as a culture uh i think we're still dealing with um lack of education and and you know it's so much the blame on you know the society we come from yeah but i took a foreigner's mentality so you're and, like you pretended you were like an alien landing here looking at things. Yeah, I was like, it's in the contract of the United States who we are. Back to the original bullshit. The yeah, original. that never was changed. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to have to like, for for what, everything else they say, when you're a child of an addict and, you know, manipulated, it's like, I don't care what you say now, I'm going by the paperwork. By what you do, yeah. So I have to be responsible for, you know, learning and, and living and, Trying to do it all at, at, at now. Is there an answer? Uh, it, it, that's it. It depends on the question. Well, let's stay with the trauma because I feel like I, I don't feel like enough. I want to choose my words carefully because it's enough uh, people, enough people I, from my culture. I don't I don't feel like there's enough um, done for the trauma. Let's put it that way. Whatever that is, I and I'm in no position to say what that is, but but I I am aware that the trauma's there. Yeah, I feel it, and, and I feel like I want to do something, but I have no I'm in no position to. Uh, what so what I wonder what should be done? How should this be managed? How do we help this? I think uh, for myself, you know, I, I slept in my car in this city, and I went through a journey. Comedy has helped me therapeutically. Yeah, like I'm sure I didn't know bombing was therapy. Yeah. Um, but I think a version of that uh, also helped me being in a relationship. Of course. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't even need comedy no more. Being yeah. in a relationship where somebody listens to you. So if, if say. That's, that's what therapy is, by the way. Well. That's just all that is. Say mm-hmm. this is America, though. Say say uh, black people, but well, my, my culture is that person. And this is America. And we might not feel like we're being hurt. Uh. Also. uh uh, economically, um, you know, as we are doing this whole financial literacy thing, I think it's easier to process stuff on a full stomach than it is an empty stomach. Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm seeing how complex this thing is. Uh, you know, spiritually, it's, it's spiritual stuff that that is free. Um, these these things, these ways you educate people are free, and having the courage to take these steps. Um. Like I put an enema in my ass, which is the craziest thing I never thought I would do. Did you need it? <laughs> Did you, were, were, I didn't need it. What were you doing? I was doing a, a Bosti cleanse. Oh, it's it's what they call preventive. Oh, no, it's doing preventive maintenance okay. now. Okay, all right. So I'm at a spa. I'm at a spa, <laughs> which means it's paid for. Like I'm doing this because of love. This is what love makes you do. <laughs> like I'm at a spa you. with Who my girl. You that told you to do that. My girl's uh, like we go into a spa to cleanse. Oh my god, toxins this out is, our this body. Is hysterical. So they give me this thing. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick. I want to push on your engineer brain. Think about it. Ask those people who talk about toxins. Just just write down the chemical formula of the toxin for me. Just one. Just one time. Write it down, and then write the stoichiometry of how that is bad and how it's pulled out. Just the, just the basic chemistry. Write it down. They have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. So anyway, they put an enema in your ass. It's a ra- it's a it's a it's a nice racket, West Coast racket. Yes. To me. Oh man, is it? But but I do have to say, I look I look 
like how you look, uh, you know, 40, uh, I don't know. How old am I? I'm like, you 64. Look, well, 64, yeah. but in Georgia, you would be like 40. I'd be 40. Yeah. <laughs> in Georgia years. <laughs> uh, but I, I have lost weight. I've been on the Indian diet, vegan, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you lose weight on this stuff. But the, the, the enemas just make dehydrate you is what they do. They pull the fluid out. So. Well, yeah, that's definitely pulling a lot of yeah. it. And they put in a coffee. And I don't even drink coffee. <laughs> Right? I don't drink coffee. Well, you still don't. Just a different way of getting it. Yeah. But I'm like, can we do tequila like this? <laughs> you can. It uh, actually works. But it's, it's uh, what's good. the point I'm making with it? Oh, okay. So, so back to the trauma. So the trauma. All right. So that was a that was an experience. That was a, me getting over a, a, a fear uh, and taking a step for something good. And also the crossover on shrooms, I had to deal with a fear of vulnerability. These both two things for me particularly that I had to be vulnerable for to for the better of my wellness. So, you know, sh- mushrooms are being thought about therapeutically a lot now. Yeah. And and clearly it's interesting to me that you've had all these positive even with the bad trip, you still have had positive experiences without a a, a guide, so to speak, or a therapist or somebody there. You've managed to do this on your own, which is fascinating. Well patterns, me. right? This come back to the engineering thing. Yeah. Like uh, in in the Fibonacci sequence, yeah, and, yeah. You know, I a, a while ago, this is gonna be some cr- crazy stuff. I don't know how much time we got. We got. I'm just looking. We got like 25 minutes. All right, okay. this is gonna be some crazy stuff. And All I told right. a guy that it's, I read something about a woman's cycle, yeah, and what it does for them, and why, you know, that it helps them and uh, connect to nature, and they outlive men and stuff. And I was like, uh, that that cycle, and I was like, men don't have nothing that. Once a month, it slows the, us down and make us think about stuff that makes us feel and be present. Yeah. But I was looking at that period like I was like, it comes once a month every such and such. Yeah. And that was a circle, right? Yeah. And then I took the circle, and this is where it get mathematical. If you break a circle down, it's a series of waves that goes yeah. on forever and yeah. ever. And I was like, man, that's how the moon works. That's how the sun. That's how the seasons. Well, every you know the the original math was geometry. They were looking at the stars and trying to make patterns. Yeah. And the numbers were the reflection of that. So, and this pre-shrooms, this pre-shrooms. Well, what's your mysticism of numbers? You mentioned that at the very beginning. I think it's, it's something because of those things. Like when you, when you, even if you do a play, you look up numerology. Yeah. It says something about you that's, that could be slightly true. And if it's not, it's in the ballpark. And how do they get in the ballpark of, of your name? Listen, man, I, I every time – there's something about numbers, right? There's yeah. something that we don't see that is real and mystical in numbers, right? And you mentioned the sine wave and the circles and the patterns and, the, and that they're reflected in nature over and over again. Whenever a numerologist has evaluated me and my wife, they just go, oh, oh, oh my god. These, the, the fittedness is just crazy. And guess what? It is. It's like, well, I, I don't know what the fuck to make of that. Yeah, my relationship, I don't know. I'm from Atlanta. I said I'm an N-word from Atlanta. My lady is from, she's Ashkenazi from Tel Aviv. Immigrant, both foreign. I, I, I picked that immediately. Never would have. <laughs> so, yeah. You picked that immediately? Yeah, no. This way. But, but, but Based that's, off the three but isn't that and what, the zero. <laughs> and the six letters in Israel. Oh, no, whatever. But uh, I do believe, I, I like differences and stuff. You know yeah. I mean? To me, is richness. Is, but there has to be a certain kind of fittedness in the relationships. Well, we're that, child of addicts. Both our fathers are addicts. There you go. Addicts. There you go. 
So we trauma we trauma bond. So you appreciate the it's it's to me it's sometimes just appreciating things the same way. Yeah, from the same position. And we like we get ten years out of this, we lucky. So it's not because we we have more. But you're day just working at a time. on. You're just talking. Well, okay. You said two things there. I want to point put put a little lantern on T- ten years. You're saying because most relationships don't last that long. Well, we're not from households where relationships last. Long. Yeah, but yeah. guess what? You also said one day at a time, and this is what I've always said. If you're as happy today as you were yesterday, you're going to be happy tomorrow. And don't worry about ten years or twenty years. Just today, you're happy. It's like it's like Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. Today I'm sober. Tomorrow I'll be sober. I mean, well, hopefully today will be like tomorrow. And same thing in relationships. It's the same thing. Whatever is fitting and working today, probably going to fit and work tomorrow unless something major happens. And you know what? It help, It keeps you present too. Yep. It keeps you present, and it keeps things uh, spontaneous because people do like slowly, you know. And this round two for me. It's all so, right. It's all good. Oh yeah, it's all good. Um, so, but I want to go back to the trauma, and, and so and so I. Um, I've been acutely aware of this. I work in sort of the world of trauma and stuff, and I can sort of see where trauma does its thing. And because I'm white and Eurocentric, I miss a lot of shit, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like my responsibility is to pay attention to that, to really, really pay attention. Like you, you have a different – you're seeing things from where you see things. Yeah. And uh, Frederick Douglass helped me a lot reading his words. And Have you ever read his speeches? It'll uh, blow your mind. No, I haven't read it. blow your mind. Well, my mind, because maybe it's very matter of fact to you, but blew my mind. And um, I might look at it and be like, you was already free. <laughs> you was in the house. Right. That happens in the community, though. They'd be like, oh, I don't want to listen to you. You you, got, you grew up with two parents. Right. You know, it's those things, too, we have to. You I know, even Douglas, myself had to get past. Freddie Douglas was full on slave. Yeah. And just ran away and and, and was smart as fuck. Yeah. You had and, to be intelligent to, to run. Well, that and then could, you know, taught other people to read, taught himself to read. It's just, it's just fucking crazy shit. And then became one of the greatest speakers of all time. And, and but he was pointing out, um, well, he, he, you know, where it started for me, he, he was giving a speech on the consecration of the, uh, the the monument for the uh, 13th Amendment in Washington. And he got up and he said, he goes, yeah, I met Abraham Lincoln. I liked him. He came around. He's a white supremacist. <laughs> I was like, oh, my Abraham Lincoln. I was like <laughs> clutching my pearls. And I go, wait a minute. He is so right. He is so – and I, then I just absorbed everything else he had to say. And Because uh, I always knew he was a racist, but I always thought, like, it's racism. He kind of came around. He's sort of of his time. But no, he's a white supremacist, full, full on. Straight up, as as all the white people were at the time, and most still are now, and and is that what is that why we have no business worrying about trauma that your community has to deal with? I don't see. Here's the thing: when I land in other countries and see their version of what we have, is so much more brutal. So, in a weird way, I learn to appreciate the stuff we have over here. Um, and have to take responsibility for how great the country is also, even with its flaws. And that we do have, somebody told me, like, they showed me the scars they got from the police over in the Dominican Republic, and they were Haitian. But they was like, at least y'all got a chance. And that's what other people see from us, is that we do have a chance that we might not see ourselves. Because I'm from a particular place that, 
uh, are quitters and we blame, we might point the finger. But once I had to stop pointing, when you get to an age, you can't point the finger no more. You just got to do it, whatever that is. You sort of put the locus of control in you. Yeah. Um, as far as the white supremacy or, I mean, you know, even Japan got their own stuff Supremacy going on stuff. that's yeah, like yeah. so well, go go to scandinavia sometimes I mean, it's like woo. yeah and to <laughs> you us aren't it's Norwegian, like, you aren't shit yeah and uh so to me it's a human condition right now it's nature's law but but in, but that's really i love the way you look at this because in a weird way that's the great challenge of this country that's what we were supposed to be about was taking that and getting rid of all yeah. that we just didn't understand we were very myopic in how we approached it I had a theory like if I was a not in a black making fun of black people if I was a if I was a chimp right and the gorillas came through and did what gorillas do I would figure out a way to put a gray stripe on my back and be a can't fight them join them or or be a part of their camp and see what's going on yeah. and say I'm the I'm the little uh gorilla that didn't grow or something like that <laughs> but I still have a silver back yeah I still <laughs> got a silver back I'm just not a, I'm not going to fight you <laughs> but I'll move the stuff around for you you know <laughs> I'm Lola Blanc. And I'm Megan Elizabeth. And we're the hosts of Trust Me, the podcast about cults, extreme belief, and the abuse of power. Now on Podcast One. We're real-life cult survivors. And we're here to tell you anyone can join a cult. If you've ever dived headfirst into a new self-help program or believed wholeheartedly in a spiritual practice or even just trusted someone with your life, guess what? You're just as susceptible as everyone else. No one is safe, especially not Megan. I'm the most susceptible. We want to debunk the myth that people who join cults are uneducated or naive or broken because anyone can be manipulated by a narcissist or feel good in a new group they've joined. (laughs) And we should know we both have been. Join us every week as we explore the world of extreme belief, talk to survivors and experts, and share our own experiences with cults and the abuse of power. Don't be fooled. You might be next. Get new episodes of Trust Me every Wednesday on Podcast One, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. But I think it's a version of that, and it is happening, but it's happening slowly because the few of us that get to a certain level is hard to reach back because well you, then there's all this guilt and shame and stuff it's right? so much yeah. guilt and then you're change you have to change a whole mindset and these in this in the journey was so crazy of getting there you can't it's hard to teach that yeah um that's why i said reading about schizophrenia and having a trip is two different things Re- Reading, having like a mushroom trip, yeah, having a bad experience, and and then reading about what a what a delusion is, yeah, reading yeah, about very delusion different. is yeah, a, yeah. is a very thing, and I don't see a, I see it's just a fine line between those who are crazy and those who are not, because I think everybody's delusional about something. It, it does go to a different biological place with schizophrenia, but your point is well taken. There, there. In other words, that biology just causes an amplification yeah. of things that are sort of in us. It's like a frequency human. shift. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's uh, yeah. The answer is such a it's 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 easy, but it's complex because well, so, so so let me let me um, give me some advice. Should I stay out of it? None of my business. 
just keep just thinking about it and being concerned and empathic, but really it's none of my damn business. I don't know because I'm going through the same thing. Yeah. I think for a few of us, we just can't. Can't what? Can't stop. Can't stop. Like I work on my own car. So at night, if I can't sleep, I'm having thoughts of what can I, what is that noise? How can I get rid of this noise? Yeah, yeah. If that's bothering you, I don't think, and there's so much other, you can be fishing and doing all type of peaceful stuff and living your life, but uh, spiritually maybe, your journey on this planet, it it might, or your lifetime here, it might be this this Well, I worry about people. I like people. I love people. Yeah. And when they're suffering, and I I said I've worked in trauma so much, I I know what trauma is. I know how it operates, and I know how destructive it is, you know. It does not, you know, leaning into your, you know, living in the the victim trauma stuff that you're talking about, it doesn't help anybody. If I was <laughs> in I, politics, I would see how I can make it beneficial. Instead of asking for a handout for these people, I'll see how I can make it beneficial because I look at the system as, what if the system don't look at these people as taxpayer and citizens? Like they're not putting nothing into the economy, therefore they are worthless. Mm. In a very cold way. Mm. So I'll find a way to make it beneficial uh, to the system to do something for these people that can help them. Right. Um, on on that side, on a systematic side. Uh, I, and I would say keeping people dependent on the state is just – that's not good. Doesn't, yeah. It doesn't help their soul, their spirit, anything. Nope. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what jobs that would be or whatever, but I definitely think it would add to their confidence also and make them want to get get better and stuff yeah. like that. Because um, it's such a it's such a crazy thing when you think the government is trying to kill you too. Like if you're if you're delusional. Yeah. Yeah, but that's but that's a natural. That's the that's a characteristic delusion of this illness your dad had. But no, not really, because some people thought. It was microchips in the vaccine. Yeah, there's all kinds of things like that, but ultimately, it's it's the it's some power, some you know, usually the government, CIA, yeah. FBI, police, the church, doing church, doing something yeah. to you, and uh, they're beaming thoughts in my head. They're called delusions of reference, beaming thoughts into my head, putting chips in my teeth, whatever it is, and but they're thinking about me, and that and that and that's actually one of the hard part to deal with uh, schizophrenic that I have trouble with. Yeah, uh, because in order to think the government is thinking about you on that scale. That's grandiose as hell. The, the reality is that the governor gives shit about you, and that's the the challenging part. Uh, but he was also a Navy person. He was also a Freemason, so it's stuff that I'm like. He was into that stuff. Why? Uh, why the CIA looking at it? What do you know? You know. Um, so, um, but he never talked about Freemasonry. It never broke. I mean, one time he was high. He was on crack, and I asked him about a Freemason. He sobered up, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is something," you know. Um, but I don't know. It's, as far as a solution to these things, uh, like you said, it's a biology. Um, it's biology, so it's well. But you mentioned science. You mentioned spiritual a number of times. Yeah, but it's 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 it got to be a part where, you know. Um, Science and spirituality. Well, so let me ask you this. That's cross. Re- correct. I agree with you. Which and, it has when you come to numerology and metaphysics. <laughs> a bit. A bit. A little bit. I, I'm just thinking, though, whether the church could be a source of 
I don't know, change. Uh, no. 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 Church need money. Um, church motivates um, people, but if you've ever been to a broke church, then you know they need they they need their funds. Well, but maybe that's what something the government could help with. I guess the separation of church and state you can't really do it, but they find a way to help support them. If you know, if you use these sorts of educational programs, we'll give you uh, something. But I think we lean we lean too much on church as a community. Mm. Like every time a political uh, figure running for office, they go. The church, they come to the church and visit and give a speech and wave. They come to the restaurant. So I think we need to find a more uh, neutral uh, way of getting information mm. versus getting it from entertainers and necessarily the church. Because that creates gatekeepers, which is also bad. And they have their, as you said, they have their own priorities. They have their own agenda. Yeah, their own agenda, exactly. Well, let's talk about comedy for a few minutes. Okay. We have, we've not solved the world's problems yet. I thought we was talking comedy the whole time. Well, that's that's my question. Does it's? I feel like comedy for you gets into all this in some fashion. Whether it's personally, it does stuff for you spiritually, or what? What is it? I don't know, man. I, I, uh, my friends said it was something I should do, and I did it. But I was just like, I was just hanging around. Um, but I, I, it gave me confidence. I didn't have no confidence. Um, and it pretty much changed my life. I remember something was like it would take me to the promised land, mm. like in 2004. And you had that feeling. Um, yeah, like my feelings are like strong. I call them the instinct, or I call them the universe. I mean, when you, when you th- yeah, and when you think about comedy, it's such a such a crazy thing. It's you in front of a whole bunch of people with a little skinny stand and a microphone. That's it's crazy. And not that crazy. good. I was getting booed. Huh? I wasn't that and good. And you kept going. Uh, and it was like, promised land doesn't mean riches, like what you think riches was at the time. Um, but it's a stepping stone to the to the next thing. Did you have that insight on stage or during a mushroom trip? or just- No, nah, this is like 2000. I didn't, I, did I even drink then? This is like, this is like. Before oh, all that. Yeah, this is like 2005. I didn't do. Shrooms like 2014. Were you still in school? Were you still training as an engineer? At the I time? think I could have just. Uh, you know what? I was. Yeah. I had took a break from school and I took a break from stand up. I tried it and I just kept bombing, and it was doing a second break when I wasn't there for a year. That it was like it'll take you to the promised land, yeah. and I was like, I gotta graduate. I gotta. I cannot have all this stuff going on. Uh, too many fragments. Yeah, and I was. Like, I'm a quit. I, I'm not a finisher. I got to finish something. Did you finish school? I ended up finishing school. I was the first to finish school. Yeah. And then I told him I was going to do stand-up, and it was a disappointment. <laughs> right out the gate. My grandmother was like, they like, this is the, this is the grandson who... <laughs> and now engineer, he's going to tell my jokes. engineer grandson. You're still the engineer grandson. You can still own that. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's definitely have taken me around the world. Um, you got to think, in 05, I officially started February 1st. September the 12th, 2006, I went to Bahrain, Whoa. the Middle East. And I remember coming back and like a tear was coming out my eye. Because I was like, comedy has taken me to the Middle East. It was crazy um, to experience that. You must have gotten good fast. Uh, I was decent enough, yeah. I was decent. And I started to find my own rhythm in my own lane. Yeah. Um at that time and then I was like I'm coming to New York or LA I had a sale I wanted to talk about the church and they didn't allow that really in Georgia no audience was like they weren't playing that uh-huh. and I was like I need somewhere more creative 
you know, where all the atheists go? <laughs> the coast. <laughs> uh, so I ended up in L.A., man, and it was doing a doing a uh, uh, old uh, not pandemic, but a, a housing crash in 2008. Oh yeah, and it was bad. But I'm uh, like, what a great time to land in the city, yeah. poor, when nobody else got money, and then you just grow. You grow with everything. What'd you think of this place when you got to it? It took a year and a half to adjust. It's a very strange city. Very strange. It was a, uh, bur- I was in Inglewood. Burglar bars everywhere. Oh boy. Um, the, yeah. People would ask for money at the drive-through window, like right there. Uh, it was so much different stuff going on. Everybody had Atlanta Brave hats on, and I was like, "Oh, I'm safe because I'm, I'm from Atlanta. I got my Braves hat." And they was like, "No, this is a gang. You can't wear the hat." And I was like, "Oh, okay." So, but and I'm comparing it to Atlanta. Yeah, but once you stop comparing things, then that's when it starts. What starts? Where you start to enjoy it. Oh yeah, because you're not like, man, if I was home, I wouldn't have to go through this. It's yeah. like, no, this is this is it. This is home. So, and then you went to New York also, or you back I went to New York or? later, but I mostly stayed here and cut my teeth. Like I, I, I got into the comedy store and like uh, the Ice House and. Start to build a relationship with the clubs quite quickly. Ice House is opening back up again this month. Next yeah, month. the bus owns it. That's crazy. Jerry, yeah, the bus family. Um, but that comedy journey was long. So let me know when you're – I live in Pasadena, so let me know when you're there at the Ice House next I month. drive up to La Quinata like every week, the two. Definitely a beautiful road. It's pretty, right? No phone, cell phone service. It's nothing man. like that in anywhere else. That, that two, that's a weird – <laughs> that's why it's hard to leave because now this is what I like about California not the not the show business stuff the the climate that the universe gives you and then I went up to Big Sur for the first time which oh, is yeah. like I mean come yeah. on people if you gotta go to Big Sur yeah. um, Utah so this, you find out really how great this this country is and how what the universe have done you know so it, it's funny. I feel like I know it's not funny, haha, but it's interesting to me that I feel like we both feel like the potential of this country, and that it's you know is yet to be fully actualized or fulfilled. Well, it has to go through a shakedown. Yeah, and it's a fear. It's a people power fear of losing that power. Um, but it it too has to cross over to be. You know, you have to die to be to be reborn. Like. Birth hurts, um, so, and it's gonna take time. It's it's a generational thing. I'm realizing, mm. um, yeah. So, but I think I, it's a little hope for me for people. But on a true on a on a trip, I, I got in tune with the my strongest living DNA part, and it's like we're gonna continue to go forth because that's what mankind does. So I have hope in mankind uh, for better or for worse. I want to leave it right there because I, I feel exactly the same way. And this has been a really interesting conversation. I hope this was good for you. It's good for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and where can people uh, – they can find you, as I said, at Byron Bowers, uh, Instagram and Twitter, the uh, Apple TV limited series, Elating the Lake. You're acting there now? Yes. How's that going, the acting? Uh, I mean, it's such a new thing, but it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a very, 
uh, it's just something I have to work on because there's so much more people involved. But that's a whole different conversation. All right. And look for Byron at the Comedy Store, the Comedy Cellar, Laugh Factory, Improv, and the Ice House, right? That's right. All, the, all that. Mostly Instagram. Uh, stay tuned for that. And um, go look at Kimmy, uh, the Soderbergh movie. Go look at uh, Concrete Cowboys, Honey Boy, uh, 10-Year-Old Tom. Um, just on a plethora. I think I got something on every network. Okay. Special. It's good. Spiritual on Hulu. Shout out to Disney. Uh, and uh, yeah. I, can I say I watched the whole thing? I really liked it. Thank I, you. I loved your set design. It was really cool the way you did the, the three-sided boxing ring. And I wasn't expecting the tribute to your mom at the end, but it was extremely touching. That's the only parent I got left in the last healing I have to do for me to get to the next Thing. Well, it, sh- it shined through that it was very genuine, and it was it made me emotional. So. Thank you, brother. Good job, I appreciate man. it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you all. All right. We'll see you all next time. Bye. All conversation and information exchanged during the participation in the Dr. Drew podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice or direction. Nothing on these podcasts supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although Dr. Drew is a licensed physician with specialty board certifications by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Addiction Medicine, he is not functioning as a physician in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who may appear on the podcast or drdrew.com. All month long on Pluto TV, stream the biggest Tyler Perry movies free. Watch your favorites like Medea's Witness Protection and Medea's Big Happy Family. Join Tyler Perry as he goes on a couples retreat with Sharon Leal in Why Did I Get Married? Or Idris Elba and Gabrielle Union in the Tyler Perry directed film Daddy's Little Girls. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies and TV shows available on live and on demand. Download the free Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming now. Pluto TV. Drop in, watch free.